This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to the campaign after the campaign. This is not another D&D podcast. Welcome back to Bahumia, everyone. Bahumia. Bahumia. I'm your dungeon master, Brian Murphy, joined by Jake Hurwitz. Hard one, surefoot. Emily Axford. Moonshine Sabin, fungal fan. Here to remind everyone to thoroughly wash your hands. <laughs> Very good. Good, good. Necessary. Good on message. Uh, and speaking of um, good people who definitely wash their hands a lot, uh, we also have Caldwell Tanner. Oh, Beverly Togold V, ex-devotee to the Lord of Light and new wielder of a sword that's tight. Nice. True. Very tight. Found a sword inside of a cave I've never been. Uh, did not wash my hands after touching the sword, though, but I'm immune to, to disease, so it's probably fine. That's right. Uh, as we know, nothing bad has ever happened with Bev and swords. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Ever. Flawless record. Or anyone and diseases. We should True. be good. Yeah, yeah. We uh, by the way, we're recording this uh, on January thirtieth. Uh, everything seems fine and under control. Uh, we're just hoping for the best. Uh, no, we are um, uh, recording amongst this uh, uh, crazy pandemic. I hope everybody's staying safe and staying indoors um, and keeping social contact to an absolute minimum. Um, we ourselves are recording remotely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at all your beautiful faces in my um, computer screen. I think we got Why a good Why don't you setup rank here. them? Uh, most beautiful to least beautiful. Cool. I'm going to say mm-hmm. Emily number one. I'm going to say <laughs> um, Caldwell number two. Okay, me well, number three. Right. And okay. I, so I really regret. Yeah, I shouldn't have. I actually shouldn't have asked don't you to like rank myself. Everyone. I don't like the way that I look. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to say Jake coming in number this, four. Yeah. So close. No, I know. I know where I was. <laughs> this fully backfired. <laughs> right. Let's do the yeah. episode now. <laughs> okay, right. Let's do it. You know what, guys? Um, it has been a minute so let's go ahead and do a little recap so last yes, time please. you guys snuck up to the cave of the astral worm only to find it full of githyanki pirates after a harrowing battle that saw a hard one scuttle into the protective embrace of peepaw <laughs> luke my, my peepaw now uh, 
<laughs> After that, you guys defeated them, then took their ship and their bounty. After investigating, you scried on the astral worm, finding it in the midst of destroying a Gith settlement and swallowing meteors whole. You confronted it, each of you eventually being swallowed and teleported to its demi-planar belly. There, you encountered the wraith on the black horse, the embodiment of famine, fueling the beast's hunger. After defeating the wraith, the astral worm seemed to calm down and you were able to plane shift to its throat cavity. There, you found the teleportation circle used to create the monster's demi-planar belly and the ability to digest magic items. Tonathan was able to study the runes and believed that he could transfer the spell to a scroll in a day or two um, and teach it to Moonshine. And that is where we are now. Um, So you guys are inside the astral worm, this long, dark cave that descends into darkness. The monster has its mouth closed. Um, It seems to have calmed down since getting rid of famine. Uh, Beverly, you have your new sword, the Holy Avenger, or Bird Killer, as you call it, I believe. Indeed, Bird Slayer. Bird Slayer. slayer. Much (laughs) to Peepaw Luke's confusion. Um, You'll get it. Uh, Bird Slayer is giving the cave a white light as Tonathan finishes up recording the runes with his third eye. Uh, And as he's finishing up, you guys feel a quick rush of air and hear the sound of feet hitting the floor as someone- Of the worm's tongue? Yeah, uh, the worm doesn't have a tongue because it's a construct. So there is a floor. There is like a ground, yeah. A ground inside the worm's mouth? I mean, it's all kind of the same. You're just in a big tube, essentially. You're in like a big tunnel. Like a noodle. Yes. Is anyone else just kind of curious what the ground feels like inside a worm's mouth? I already know it feels like rigatoni, so I'm good. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah, I just see, wanted to know the literal mouth feel. Peepaw Luke, um, <laughs> Luke dips a hard one down so that his feet can touch the bottom of the uh, worm's throat. Tis just as I suspected. Um, <laughs> as you guys are distracted by hard one being dipped beautifully by Lucanus. Um, God, that was graceful. <laughs> You guys see that somebody has appeared next to you. Somebody has teleported in here. Um, and you recognize uh, Salas, uh, the Gitzerai monk who you hey. rescued um, from the husk not too long ago. Our husk buddy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, my husk buds. <laughs> uh, she stands before husk you guys. Club. Light green. You wouldn't know it. Whatever happens in the husk stays in the husk. Y'all wouldn't know it unless you're Bev, Salas, and Moonshine. <laughs> Sorry, why, hard one. Why? Why do you need? Why do you need to exclude us? Good luck making me feel like an idiot. I'm being held and dipped. She's <laughs> touching the al dente floor. Uh, she stands before you. She's got light green skin, this bald alien head, and a silver robe. Um, and uh, you see she acknowledges all you guys and she goes, greetings, I was alerted by my shared knowledge network of your location. Mm. I've been thinking about you all a lot since you've left. Oh. Even me? Oh. <laughs> Ain't that <What>? something? <laughs> you see she narrows her eyes and looks at hard one and goes, I suspect you haven't been reading much or anything. You do know that I am a sapiosexual. Paper Luke, spin me around. uh, I'd like to face the other way. Luke on his turns, hard one around. (laughs) I let my eyes linger for a long time before I spin. Can we uh, just... Just to be absolutely certain, can I do an insight check to make sure that this isn't um, a horseman in disguise or something? Yeah, yeah, go for it. And I'll do a sniff check. 
Sweet. Oh, absolutely. Get See that sniff going. Uh, Salus smells like sulfur. Uh, my insight was a filthy 20. Ooh. Ooh. That's better than my sniff. <laughs> it's better than the sniff. Um, Moonshine, you do smell some sulfur. And Salus goes, I had eggs for breakfast. Do oh, I? Okay. Oh, raunchy. Dang, girl. <laughs> so what? I'm... Oh, what up? <laughs> <laughs> How many eggs? You really have to... You, you got to pile them on for, for you to smell like sulfur now. What? Right? Yeah. Did you what, you just have them? You have an omelet. It's and you you call it a a, a egg white, but also egg yellow omelets, where right. you take like thirty to forty eggs. That's so You many. take all the yolks out, and then you add wow. more yolk to those yolks, I and mean... you put them in the egg white omelet, and it's like a sixty egg omelet. Do you not do you not do this on the material plane? I'm gonna throw up a hero. I'm gonna throw up yesterday's hero's feast. I'm honestly surprised she doesn't smell more like sulfur. <laughs> yeah, and that she's less yoked. Of all the yolks. You see that uh, she does uh, smell like just the normal amount of sulfur that you would smell like after eating 60 eggs for breakfast. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's Sal's. <laughs> it's the real deal. Uh, and uh, Beverly, you acknowledge that this is not um, any kind of... You You use like your sense evil and you don't sense anything off. What about my sense egg? My sense egg must be going off the charts. They're going nuts. Her, she's got a belly full of eggs. <laughs> I had some for lunch too. I'm not going to lie. She's My not God. lying. It's Opa Gaston style over there. Just wow. eggs all over. Yes. Wow. Uh, for lunch, I had a yellow omelet with egg whites in the middle. Hey. So just kind of switched it up it there. It just sounds like you're making a harder omelet than it needs to be. You know you can mix them all up together, right? <laughs> you see, she thinks for a long time. <laughs> so much knowledge and so little wisdom. <laughs> Perhaps... There are still things for me to learn. <laughs> For sure, definitely. Um, Truly. Uh, Cece, uh, she uh, looks at all you guys and she goes, I have been tracking you all more closely since we met, and I was thinking about the Allah and the Divine Hearts and everything we talked about when we met last, and things have only gotten worse. The Allah's got the combined power of two Divine Hearts now, and I don't think... You have hope of defeating her without some divine power of your own. And then it hit me like a fragment of a memory long forgotten. It's like it's something that I've always known, but I forgot. There is another divine heart that is unclaimed on the material plane. Another divine heart? Uh, where, where is it? Um, you see she pulls out a map that she has scrawled together. Uh, it looks like a map of the main continent of Bohemia and then the frigid north above it um, with, you know, markings of all the different cities and everything. It looks like maybe it was at one time a Githyanki pirate map or something. You see that it's been, like, heavily noted. Uh, but she has um, put in X. She gestures to an X that marks the spot a couple hundred miles um, south of Osmodia towards the southern edge of the planet. There are coordinates scrawled out here, that hard one you think you would be able to follow. Ah, thank God, maps. The one thing I do know how to read. (laughs) (laughs) You guys see Salas looks up from the map uh, and she goes, my memory of this divine heart is hazy which is strange because Mm -hmm. my memory isn't hazy about anything. I suspect Mm -hmm. someone has tampered with the Gith's collective consciousness, but then why would I be able to remember it now? 
Do you think there's something innate to this uh, object in itself that it cannot be remembered? That it evades detection? You see she thinks about it for a second, uh, and then she nods, and she goes, certainly if there was a divine heart somewhere on the material plane that was unclaimed, or if someone was sealed away who had one, people would want to keep it a secret. It is entirely possible that <gasps> they would have the power away? to hide themselves. You think we got some kind of rogue god that got sealed away? Hey, there's nothing crazy about protecting your heart, sealing it away, hiding, <laughs> hiding yeah. your feelings. It sounds yeah. sounds all above board to me. <laughs> You're right. We should just leave the walls high, leave it alone, huh? Hey, if it ain't broke, hard one. You're you're clinching Lucanus very hard. Yes, yeah. it seems like you are you are broken. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. Solace, forgive me for not fully trusting the the power of the gith network but i personally have been tricked a lot lately and this seems too good to be true the power of a divine heart in and of itself seems too good to be true to use that power as our own i i would have to speak with my friends but i don't know if that's the way that we want to go about doing this i mean i would agree with your apprehension i don't think that we can fight theola philosophically and then adopt her methods you see, Salas nods. I understand your apprehension, Beverly, but a divine heart is not a corrupting force in and of itself. Remember, we're all made of the same stuff. A divine heart is just a greater collection of magic. And you guys remember the first time you talked to Salas, she explained that the universe was created after a concentrated mass of magic exploded and broke off into chunks. These were the divine hearts that created the gods who made people using smaller bits of magic. The simplest explanation is that the gods are made of big magic rocks and people are made of magic dust. Having a divine heart just makes you more magical. And Salas continues, she goes, in fact, the... First people of Bohemia practically had divine hearts themselves. They were much more magical than us. Before the pact of the gods kept them away from the material plane, people walked the earth with gods, even went to war with them. All I know about right now is a single divine heart, and there are four of you. It wouldn't get you to godhood, but it would put you on par with the people who got the closest. I'm with the gith. If we can use this divine heart to to help the people of Bohemia, I think we have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I certainly echo your apprehension, Beverly, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I gotta wonder if there's a divine heart out there, at the very least, we may want to locate it so that it does not find a more nefarious husk. Theola does not need three friggin' hearts, okay? That's no. true. I do not need my villain thrice upgraded. Yes, that is a worry that I had as well. If suddenly I have this memory, do other gith have it? Does Theala know about it? <gasps> you know any bad gith that you think will blab? Gith? You know any blabby gith? Do I? Uh, a gossipy gith? You have not met Rachel. Rachel is a lot. <laughs> She's hey. always gabbing. She sounds kind of hot though, right? <laughs> I mean, when your entire collective race is one giant group chat. I guess people are going to gab. People are going to yeah. start separate threads and channels. Ooh. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I think that we got to get this heart in our bag before Theala places it in whatever qualifies for a timeout sack for her and the Chosen. 
Yeah. Yes, and I know you're being chased by various horsemen and whatnot, but perhaps this could even help you deal with them. Great. I've had enough horses in my life, truly. (laughs) (laughs) We can all use a little break from horses. (laughs) Salas just quietly hates horses. (laughs) I I connect with her deeply. Uh, Salas, a quick question for you. Do you think that this heart is in a a god that's dead, or is it a still living god that's been sealed away? So, the extremely strange thing about this is that I don't know. Like I said, usually when someone in our mental network knows something, we all know it and we understand it fully. This Mm. is a hazy memory, which is new for me, to say Mm. the least. Arcane will do that to you. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe whoever knew this just got a little drunk, kind of lost a memory there. Interesting. Lots of stuff is hazy for old hard one. Perhaps it was the incessant singing of this. Uh, she she pulls out the uh, Turbo Timmy Tuna. <laughs> if I play oh, here. Oh, friend. If I just play here. <laughs> it oh, has, that must be destroyed. Um, I cast a blindness deafness on everyone so no one has to hear that. Oh, sweet relief. <laughs> um, real quick, uh, Salas. Uh, so we'll definitely go investigate this, and I promise, whatever we find, we'll send you a postcard. We'll we'll mm-hmm. re-enter it into your collective uh, CPU. I am definitely curious about this, uh, but I will say I'm not doing this for my own pursuit of knowledge. I'm doing this because you saved my life, and I owe you a great debt. And I've been following your progress and the decisions that you've made about the nine hells were empathetic in a way that I had not considered and I believe the three of you are special so you're saying you're a fan (laughs) I had nothing to do with the uh, nine hells decisions Uh, (laughs) I mean yeah you you thought that it would be good to make it into a demolition derby that counts for something it feels like that sort of wasn't the way to go in the end I feel like you had a pretty heavy hand in it, hard one. Uh, Lucanus, I think it's time to put me down. <laughs> <laughs> I need to walk away. Cool. Um, before we leave, I was wondering, um, is this astral worm, is he a celestial, an elemental, a fae, or a fiend? He is an elemental construct, yes. Mm-hmm. An elemental construct. Salas, y'all got anything in the astral plane that's been nagging at you? Well, we do have our ongoing battle with the mind flayers and the elder brain. Because I could potentially bind this worm to my service for the day and tell him to go after the mind flayers. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I wow. thought I've been sitting out here just meditating on having to work with the Githyanki to defeat the Mind Flayers, and then we had this whole attack by the worm. I thought we were all completely screwed and we're going to have to come together, but nope, let's just, this is just a win for Salus. Okay, hey, great. What are, what are husk buds for? Yeah, you know what happens in the husk. Um, <laughs> then I guess I want to try and cast Planar Binding on the astral worm and tell him to spend the next 24 hours going after mind flayers. What kind of what kind of uh, save does the astral worm do? Charisma saving throw to beat a 21. That is a natural five. I'm going to say this thing isn't going to burn a legendary resistance because it's kind of in autopilot mode. So you see its mouth 
opens up and you guys suddenly feel a rush of air as this thing starts hurtling through the sky. <laughs> um, everybody give me dexterity saving throws. I turn to Lucanus and I say, uh, you know, this is the kind of cool shit she does all the time. Lucanus <laughs> ah! desperately trying not to fall into the dark oh, abyss. The ground's so slippery. It's it's like it's made of pasta or something. <laughs> the rigatoni half betrayed my feet. Um, I got a 17. That is a 22. That's a seven for Bev. Yikes. Um, you guys see um, Beverly starts to fly back into oh! the abyss to fall back into the demiplanar belly him? again. You go to thorn whip him, and at the exact same time, Lucanus saved on his deck save. So you grab Bev. It slows him down for a second. Uh, Lucanus reaches his arm out, touches your shoulder, and all of you guys... Whoosh, teleport out of the thing's belly um, and land safely like back in its cave. Wow. You simply need to give a warning before you do something like (laughs) that, my daughter. Uh, I'm I'm back in Lucanus's arms. (laughs) I'm in Hardwell's arms. I thought maybe I had been telegraphing it, what with the long conversation about mod flayers and their morality, but perhaps that was more of a private moment that I wasn't voicing. (laughs) Uh, You see, Salas goes, thank you. I, I owe you even more now. The having the astral worm hunt down the mind flayers will be <laughs> Again, ex- it's only gonna be for twenty four hours, but we can hope that the astral worm will get a taste for mind flayers. So that after a day he'll be so used to it. You know if you eat a certain meal enough, you kind of start to crave it. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys are talking about mind flayers and stuff, go ahead and give me insight checks. Oh no. Oh dear. Mm. I hate an insight check. Twenty four. Uh that's gonna be a six. Shout out to the two crew. Um, Moonshine, uh, as you think about it, um, you think the simplest explanation for what Salas is talking about, where she has this vague memory of a, a divine mind flare ate it. It could be that. Yep. Duh. There you go. I still think someone got dr- too drunk at a party. I, I rolled a two, so I also think that. <laughs> that is okay, always so possible. This is, it's likely, I at first thought that perhaps there was some sort of um, cool witchcraft surrounding this divine heart and it being sealed away, but it's possible that this memory has just been eaten by a mind flare. However, was that mind flare incentivized to eat a certain memory? That we do not know. Mm-hmm. And if the memory was eaten, how is it that they're able to recover it now? Unless the heart wants us to find it or there's a third party at play. Well, I the think we just have to wants. find it ourselves. Can I do an inside <laughs> check though, that if there's any way to reclaim a memory eaten by a mind flare? Uh, I'm just sure. curious. I got a three. <laughs> Moonshine, you think wow. if you went to that party that everybody got too drunk at, <laughs> you could mm. talk to enough people that you could piece the story together. Y'all, what <laughs> is alcohol but a mind flare? <laughs> Can hard one try to write a quick slam poem about finding a memory? Uh, that doesn't belong to you, but that's yeah! painful, but resurfacing the memory and exploring it for what it's worth to someone that thought it wasn't worth anything and tried to discard it. <laughs> yes. um, I think he just did. But also, planar binding takes an hour, so you've got time to work on that slam poetry. I rolled a Slam, 14. my man, slam. I play I play Jaja shell like bongos <laughs> to accompany the poem. I do some scre- I do some like screechy violin on the on new Betsy. <laughs> yeah, you just see. Where really do the thoughts go? Salas nods and goes, "This is my favorite Papa Roach song. <laughs> avoid you can't avoid." <laughs> 
the void you can't avoid. Hard one. He's on fire. How? Man. See now, that is, you don't need to be able to read to come up with beautiful poetry like that. I love that. Perhaps I was wrong about you after all. Uh, she <laughs> touches your chin, hard one. <laughs> Lucanus, spin us. <laughs> Spins you back around. I whip my hair. Uh, but you see Salas um, points to Beverly um, and goes, I think Beverly might be on to something. The fact that I'm able to remember something about it suggests that whatever powers that be that may have sealed this thing away might be trying to reach out in some way. And we don't know if the people reaching out are friend or foe. They could be luring us into this divine heart for a trap, or maybe they've triggered something because Thiala is going for it currently. So what if we just go in totally naive and sweet, and if they end up being assholes, then we'll look like good marks, and they'll they'll come to us real easy. It's never failed us before. (laughs) Clear eyes, full hearts. That is true, yeah. (laughs) Clear heads, full hearts. (laughs) 60 eggs. (laughs) Uh, Sweet. So um, Tonathan is still there with you guys. Tonathan lets you guys know that he needs to get back to Gladeholm to be able to research things and to be able Mm. to put together a scroll. Oh, his mouth is full of Fig Newton, so he can't tell us. Exactly. Tonathan, go with Melora's cold shoulder. Let me give um, your diamonds a, a quick buff before you head out. <laughs> yeah. I'll make you shine like the goddamn sun, kid. We definitely got to keep that. We definitely. I'm going to take away one spell component because we're definitely sending that belly button ring with Tonathan. Sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you guys do know that Tonathan, as a wizard, does not have um, plane shift prepped. So oh, you guys, okay. I'll say you, you were able to do a zealous trance okay. um, while you were waiting to do the planar binding and get the worm to go after the mind flares. All aboard the Moonshine Express. Ladies and gentlemen, keep your hands inside the vehicle while we plane shift and we go. Oh, Bev, can, oh. I, can you uh, get in a little uh, flight attendant's costume? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already changed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have uh, peanuts, I have Terra chips, um, and of course I have popcorners. All three, wow. please. Even if I'm not coming on the plane shift, may I have some popcorners? Um, you may. They are sulfur-flavored popcorners, strangely enough. <laughs> Fascinating. I didn't know there were so many Fire ways to enjoy brimstone, sulfur. Uh, <laughs> popcorners. Starts to eat them. Moonshine, could you turn into a pregnant hawk and maybe uh, get some eggs get to some go eggs. with these popcorners? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, thank you so much. Oh, my wow, Lord. Wow, popcorners and a bunch of eggs. That's Cuevos Rancheros. <laughs> there are baby birds in here. I'm going to raise these. Salas looks at them with, yeah. with an arched brow and then That's begins right. weeping. Think about what y'all been eating. Switch to oat milk, y'all. It is more mm, ethical. There's, Reality there's nothing better in life than being a bird father. <laughs> I wish you well, Salas. <laughs> right. Well, um... Good luck. Um, I hope I'm not leading you into a, a trap of some kind. I just know huh. what. Well, I, I truly, I, I don't know what's going on. But yeah. um, if there is a divine heart, perhaps you all could use it in some capacity in the way Thiala has. I think the only way you're going to be able to beat somebody that is a god is to become titans yourself. Salas, right. you know what? No matter what happens, I think we, we found someone else with the divine heart. And I, I point at Salas's heart. <laughs> you see, Salas looks down at her chest, then looks back at you and goes, I didn't like that. 
<laughs> and that that actually sucks to hear because I thought about it for a long time. Uh, wow. <laughs> You, you know, hard one, you're exploring your creativity, and I think that's important. You know, sometimes you're going to hit, sometimes you're going to miss, but you're exploring. Hard one, on paper, I don't understand why that failed, but I felt the same thing Salas felt when you said it. What it, what it reeked of effort was the problem. Yeah. The thing is, it's like you've just started poetry and you're trying to perform it. It's like taking your first guitar lesson, then doing a show. Just yeah. feel free to be quiet, man. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the note. Let's remember that all criticism should be constructive and framed in the form of a compliment. Uh, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later. Farewell, Salas. Very well. Farewell. Enjoy your worm. Um, so, Moonshine plane shifts. You guys. You guys arrive back in Gladeholm. Uh, uh, wait. Um, what kind of um, entertainment do we have on the flight today? <laughs> uh, hard one. Do you think because Be Bev's working the uh, Bev's working the cart, <laughs> oh, yeah. handing out snacks? Do you think you could drum up something for entertainment? Um, I have like a a, a quick slam poem. Uh, suspended <laughs> animation. What is reincarnation? Where in the nation are we going? And what is inflation? Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I whispered to Moonshine, uh, I've got a copy of The Lincoln Lawyer I could play if that's yeah, better. Yeah, please put it up. Please put it out okay. real quick and turn it up. <laughs> McConaughey's jacked in this one. <laughs> Beverly puts on The Lincoln Lawyer and Hard One immediately sits down and stops singing. <laughs> and we're here, y'all. <laughs> you guys arrive back in Gladeholm. You see that the mages have already begun building up the temple um, out of which Tonathan and the monks once worked. Um, they're essentially adding an addition to the side of the university. Uh, you see several of the Goliath monks are uh, directing construction here while Balnor is <gasps> off to the side being led in yoga by several of the monks. Whoa. They're going to open up them dad hips. Yeah, frog pose. It's opening <laughs> up my hips. It's opening up my hips. It hurts so bad. I polymorph him into a frog. <laughs> uh, he turns into a frog. This feels better. <laughs> Balnoriwog. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys see um, Balnor runs up and um, rejoins you guys. Uh, and Tonathan uh, once again tells you guys that it's going to take him a couple of days to finish the scroll. Mm -hmm. um, but you see uh, Lucanus uh, puts his hand on Tonathan's shoulder and goes, Nonsense. It'll take one day. We'll work Round the clock, we'll have the scroll ready for you. My daughter, you will be able to cast this spell, maybe not tomorrow night, but the morning after that. Did PayPal Luke <laughs> just initiate a pop swap with him and Balnor? It's a scoop swap. He picks up Tonathan and puts down <laughs> hard one. Oh. All right, then. Moonshine, you're rubbing off on him. <laughs> um, you guys see Tonathan and Lucanus... Um, run off and join the other monks and go into the uh, newly constructed library and they immediately start getting to work. Wow. Talk about a couple bookworms. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Hold me, Balnor. <laughs> I'm really small. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got this, Balnor. Is this a new thing? I wasn't here. There's no kind of like new inside jokes or anything, is there? <laughs> I wouldn't say jokes, but I'm sort of a slam poet now. Oh, <laughs> just nothing's really <laughs> funny about it. <laughs> Shoots nervous glances at Moonshine and Beverly. 
Is this real? We just shrug our shoulders. Him, I give him one of those smiles that you only reveal half your mouth. <laughs> just like only the bottom teeth. Oh, okay. Re- uh, really excited to hear him, hard one, but I'm sure we've got big things coming up. Just a total bottom what? tooth smile with shaky eyes that have fear in them. <laughs> Speaking of big things, I have a couple slam poems about big things. If oh, uh, but yeah, yeah we can we can save right. them until trance time. Uh, no, we can do it later. Yeah, I think save them for the hut. Oh, if we want that, if we want that, the uh, Mordecai's magnificent mansion, we're gonna have to take it back from refugees. Is the problem? <laughs> you know what? We can probably build our own. We tent. could, yeah. We could just camp, or we could stay in the university. I'm sure Lucanus would let us. Okay. Hard one's okay. hands were around his hammer as Moonshine was saying that, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we'll yeah, sleep we don't forever. Have to uh, yeah. Kick out any families or anything. I don't have to kick anyone out of the. Maybe, maybe we can sleep in the door. That'd be fun. Oh, okay. We could each have our own little dorm, and then we could like meet up in the hallway and like talk about our classes and stuff like that. And maybe there'd be like a common room, and we could make popcorn in it and ac- accidentally set up the fire alarm. Just spitballing. One twin XL bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sweet. Um, yeah, you guys talk to Lucanus. Um, he hooks you guys up with like your own dorm room, um, and you guys get um, a one big bunk bed. Oh. oh, we all oh. we all want the top bunk. <laughs> you guys all get in the top Super bunk. Top it, Im- heavy. Yep. it immediately yep. crashes down to the first bunk. Good thing no none of us slept down there, huh? <laughs> you hear muffled Balnor screams under the mattress. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good for his hips. Uh, we fish Balnor out. <laughs> Flex on his hips while we explain the map that we got to him. Great. Okay, so w- let's all let's all have a little tête-à-tête here. Can I do a history check on the area beyond Asmodia? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a 21. A 21. Ooh. Bev, you know that this is where, if you are looking at the globe, this is essentially where the southern tip of the world would meet like the northern tip where you'd like essentially go so far south that you would hit like the frigid north. Mm. Damn. Um, wow. I I, uh, I pull out Ulfgargo's punch and I, uh, I add a page with this information in it to trick them into looking at it. <laughs> okay, great. Do you, do y'all mind if I just, if I just get Erdan to stop by just to ask him real quick about just sealing off gods and if he knows anything about that practice at all? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, why don't you summon him? I actually owe him an apology breakfast anyway uh, for endangering the entire okay. city. Then I can I can summon him tomorrow morning. I can send him a an animal messenger and ask him to come. Yeah, by let's do an morning. apology brunch with him. Uh, an apology war room brunch with Erdan. How okay, does that sound? Great, great. That sounds great. I can send Kawkaw if you'd rather moonshine. If you want to save a spell <laughs> actually, slot, I'd love I can... to see Kawkaw. Where's Kawkaw at? Um, all right, uh, hard one goes to the window and whistles for Kawkaw. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and give me an animal handling check, hard one. With advantage or with disadvantage? <laughs> I'm sorry for asking. Okay, so that's a thirteen. A 13. Oh, that's pretty good <laughs> okay. though. It's really not uh, bad. Rolling with disadvantage. Hard one. You whistle out the window, and you do. They're not <laughs> crows. They're not blackbirds. But you see some birds outside. Uh, all right, cool. I'll call to. I'll call to them. Kaka's clearly playing with his friends, guys. Um, <laughs> hey, Kaka. 
Bring bring her down around here tomorrow morning and careful of his little bone cat. All right, bud? <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy hanging with your friends and come home before the streetlights come on. All right. Can I speak with animals? Uh, All sure. right. You crazy just, bird. I start speaking in bird. Is is any of y'all caca? Hello? No. No, there's no caca. No, not familiar you. with that name. Uh, oh, you never met a caca? Nope. Okay, so when this man who's screaming at you in human, what does that mean to you? Confusing. Okay, <laughs> great. Thank you so much. Thank you. A- for enough your with service. the squeaking, Moonshine. I'm uh, trying to go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> Good night, folks. Always <laughs> oh, trancing. Uh, hard one's fast asleep. Hard one just climbs into the chair to pretend like he's being cradled by Lucana. That's interesting. <laughs> Deep trance. He's made a pillow, Dad. <laughs> uh, so you guys all go to sleep for the night and get your trances in um, and you guys wake up the next day um, sun is shining again you guys are in within the bubble of Glade home um, I'm gonna so the go ahead and do, ha- my, do my trick where I make a hero's feast and then I go trance again oh some <laughs> metagaming bullshit <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, go metagaming ahead and- for the sake of my friends uh, you can mark off um, one of your spell components uh, to do that cool um, Moonshine well, wakes up I early. Well, although I do have the 10,000 gold worth of gems that's separate from the gold that cool. we Cool, you can use those. You can okay. use 1,000 of those. Okay, um, now I have 9,000. So Moonshine, you wake up, um, you make a hero's feast for uh, everybody. Mm. Uh, as the sun rises, the druids here have been able to control the weather within the protective bubble of Gladehome. So you guys have not been experiencing the elements to the degree that you would if you were down on the surface. And even Iron Deep, Hard One, when you were down there um, working in the mines, Gladehome was positioned like right over it. So you guys weren't even getting like mudslides or water coming in really at all. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so you guys wake up the next morning. Um, you guys send for Erdan and you see after a little bit, um, Erdan uh, knocks on the door. You see through a little peephole in your dorm. And uh, Erdan uh, from the other side goes, I hope Beverly's not in there. (laughs) I'm not. I'm in the common room making the biggest, blackest, darkest pot of coffee Erdan has ever smelled. (laughs) That's a full-bodied roast. (laughs) And I'm walking slowly towards Erdan, desperately trying not to spill this coffee. And I say, good morning. (laughs) See, I'm going to do a perception check for Erdan, and if he fails, he's going to freak out. Make Beverly roll to see if he spilled the coffee. <laughs> That's a natural four. You see Erdan goes, oh, 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 uh, throws oh, oh. his arms up. Bev, go ahead and give me a deck saving throw. DC 15 to keep the coffee. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a 23. Um, Bev, you, you like fully drop the pot of coffee, but it does not spill. It stays completely vertical. You jump down and you hold your hand out and you catch it. And because of your resistance to fire damage, you barely even feel it. It just looks impressive. And Erdan mm-hmm. goes, whoa, man, that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yep. Very You're cool. Right. Get up. Get up. Uh, it helps you up. Uh, good morning. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to apologize for endangering the city. I, I know better now, and I will strive to protect you and everyone that needs protecting, as is my charge as a knight of Bohemia. Would you like some coffee? It's French roast. French roast? I mm. would, Beverly. Thank you so much. Uh, this French is very, after the kiss. 
thoughtful of you. You usually just give weird drinks like beans or milk or something that just make things worse. <laughs> I open the door. Bev, you got my beans? <laughs> open wide. Hard one wakes up. Ah, uh, Bev, where are the beans? <laughs> Uh, excuse me for a moment. I hand him the extremely hot pot. <laughs> see, he uses mage hand to catch it. Well, I see this is this beans thing is kind of just a you guys thing. So I, I suppose I what I have beans in all my teeth. I know there's a lot of pressure on you, Beverly. I, I apologize for um, being rude to you these past few days. I've been under a lot of pressure, and the sword situation was quite a scare, but. You're a teenager. Teenagers make mistakes. I know I have. Um, and you guys know, like, Erdan's whole backstory, and he doesn't know mm. that you know his backstory. Yeah, yeah, just some minor things that I did. Not a big deal. Right. Not, what? Right. No, I'm sure you never made any mistakes. I'm sure that, <laughs> what? yeah, you, like, dinged your dad's car. Yeah, he's, little he's, stuff. He's going to make an insight check. Um, you see he narrows his eyes and then just <laughs> kind of widens them and goes, ah, oh, yes, adventurers, you... I'll find ways of figuring things out. All right. Um, well, thank you for the coffee. Apology accepted. Best of luck, everyone. Oh, uh, Erdan, I'm I'm guessing you came by because you got my rat. Yes. Um, rat. rat. <laughs> yes, it was concerning. I squealed. You mean my bird? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, we are going down south. Technically, so far south, we're going north, if you know what I mean. Um, and uh, uh, we are after a potentially sealed away divine heart. And I was wondering if you had any recollection in all your understanding of the history of Bohemia and the practices of the many people that share this great um, planet, if you had any context of people sealing away gods or rogue gods or uh, divine hearts separated from their being or anything, any practices that might be involved in something like this. Uh, he's going to go ahead and roll a history check. Uh, you see, he thinks about it for a moment and he goes, I don't know of any divine hearts on the material plane. If you've found out about one, it's news to me. There is a pact amongst the gods that prevents them from entering the material plane, but there are workarounds. Uh, there was one such goblin god named Bargravik who ascended to godhood by overthrowing the original god of goblins and stealing its divine heart. Since Bargravik himself wasn't part of the Pact of the Gods, he, like Theala, was able to come down to the material plane. And that's the that's the god that Melora had her way with. Yes, once you guys hear this stuff about the goblin god, um, you guys are reminded of the first time that you met Salus when you guys were in the god husk. This was the husk of Bargravik, wow. the um, goblin god. This is the god that um, Melora got her divine heart from. Oh. That's right. I think we've been inside this guy. Oh, it's so <laughs> You see, that... Erdan looks baffled. Excuse me? And so you that is why Melora may trapes this plane. Is that why? Because the divine heart that she acquired is from this goblin. Uh, you see, Erdan nods. Huh. There's certainly precedent for gods finding workarounds for getting to the material plane. Well, I don't think... Melora didn't do it as a workaround, did she? I... Is Melora bad? 
<laughs> tell me. You have to tell me if she's no, bad. There's nothing inherently wrong with a with a workaround. <laughs> I think Melora probably just went thrift shopping for uh, Divine Hearts and found yeah. a good deal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Getting something on sale is not an issue. Exactly. <laughs> you see, Erdan gets like a weird side-eyed hard one and then puts his hand on Moonshine's shoulder and he goes, best of my knowledge, Melora is a protector of this realm. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for your counsel, Erdan. All right. Well, thanks for the coffee. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like some to go? Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to just drink the whole pot in these five seconds? <laughs> No, I can make you a thermos is what I'm saying. Oh, the, yes, uh, sure. I would appreciate that. Cool. I, I go and steal a thermos from the, the common room. <laughs> Take a thermos. Uh, it says, like, uh, property of the university across it. Do not remove from kitchen. And Erdan <laughs> just looks at it with narrowed eyes. That's going to come out of your security deposit. <laughs> I'll let you get away with this one, Togold. I guess it's technically yours. You work for the university. True. Uh, you see Erdan walks off. Oh, before we go, uh, Balnor. Yeah. And I pull out uh, Mistbreaker, which I guess I won't be needing anymore since I have Bird Slayer. Whoa, are you, you got another hand-me-down for me, bud? <laughs> A hand-me-down for your dad? A dad me up. There's no graceful way to do this, but yes, I am giving you my trash. <laughs> As the one who guards the bags, I consider this an honor. Uh, takes Mistbreaker. It's a plus two weapon, uh, Balnor's yeah. now got... Uh, a special weapon. Well, okay. Is there anything else we need to do uh, in Gladeholm, or should we uh, suit up? You know, put on our uh, our parkas and our our big fluffy boots and and head on out. I'm just gonna yeah. chow down on this normal amount of eggs that Moonshine whipped up. That looks pretty <laughs> damn good. Actually, yeah. I was pretty inspired by Salas, so I did separate the yolks from the whites, and I made <laughs> sort of like a, a uh, multicolored omelet. To your sort of tiramisu. Oh, an egg egg omelet? <laughs> yeah. Salas is she's so smart, but why do you separate the eggs and then add the yolks? It's just such a waste of eggs. I know. I, I mean I tried it. It felt really stupid, although the visual of an egg tiramisu no, is No, but then you make it look like a big egg. You got like the white on the outside and then it's all yellow on the inside. Oh, One I big see. egg. So exactly. The, the fault was in the preparation, I see, I see. Right, yeah. Okay. Tomorrow. Moonshine, I noticed you have the yellow and and the white, and somehow there's also brown in the eggs. What's going on with that? Oh, I just crumpled some dried leaves, sort of like a salsa <laughs> thing. Love uh, it. I'll Gosh. slurp just the brown. Brown's the best part. We all know the brown's the best part. <laughs> best part of any egg, brown. <laughs> um, I oh, yeah, the brown. that's true. Also, crick, crick eggs come with a little brown in there. <laughs> Other people eat around the brown, but I chow down on the brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to town on the brown. It was brown, you chowed out. <laughs> you all get extremely sick, but you still have the benefits of a hero's feast somehow. <laughs> well, we're immune to cool. being poisoned, so right. we poison ourselves. It would be poison otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we head to the Stormborn? Mm. Hey, yeah, I got this playlist ready to go. Let's get on the fucking uh, air. <laughs> get on the wow, air. it's the Lincoln Lawyer soundtrack. You said you were a slam poet now. I haven't thought of everything. Okay. But also, Harwan, trust your untrained instinct because there you could be the E.E. E. Cummings of of slam poetry, you know? Wow. You're breaking I, the rules. 
I, I look, I feed off positivity. So keep those compliments <laughs> coming if you can. <laughs> or Balnor vomits. <laughs> so you guys uh, go off towards the Stormborn. Um, and you guys find it. And you see that in the days since Hard One has been going down to Iron Deep and excavating, that the dwarves have fixed it up a bunch so it doesn't have as many <laughs> holes in it or anything. It looks a lot better. What? They ruined it. They ruined the <laughs> ship. You see um, your old buddy, Nerman, the dude who was at the dwarfenage with you, is a really nice guy. Is just in there uh, but with like a little work belt uh, just nailing in a plank. Hey, we redid the floors for you, bud. Quit it. Quit it, what? Nerman. The God. deck. It was a mess. You ruined it. This is just how my dad had it. Fuck. I started prying up a plank. <laughs> I give Nerman a diamond. <laughs> Thank you. It's called character. It's called charm. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, see you later, buddy. Um, waves to you. Hey, on. Nerman, where are you going? Here, have some hero's feast. You want to come with us? Uh, yeah, I mean, if if, if uh, you want me and a couple other guys... Wait, right, first off, you're leaving? You're taking the ship off into the insane storm out there? I guess we are. Yeah, you guys look out beyond. So you guys, like like Esri, Glade Home has this protective arcane bubble around it, and you see rain and lightning beyond the bubble, like just outside of where like these airships are docked. How long does oh, right. it look like it goes for? Uh, I mean, you know, Theala set off a cataclysm. There's just storms mm. everywhere. Um, but you also know, you also know that this ship, based on just like things that Red has bragged about and stuff, and things that you guys have talked about, this ship was specifically known for going through storms. It is either ah, stormborn. That's where it comes oh. from. This is a hard weather ship. Okay. Yeah. I think okay. we're going to be just fine. By the way, you know, my name is actually uh, stormborn. So I think I'm going to be thriving out there as well. Uh, okay. Uh, is this, is this like when you tried to get everybody to call you Skippy? <laughs> it, it, Nerman, it's not anything like that at all. Because <laughs> oh. I know D he, uh, Nerman turns to the other guys and he goes, because this guy would have like a new nickname for himself every week. Uh -huh. And the one time he picked Skippy and that was the only one that people used and everyone called him Skippy for like 10 years. Well, 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 uh, uh, guys, the Dwarfenage was rife with rumors. You can't believe everything you heard uh, coming out of Iron Deep. Uh, I sidle up next to Hard One and say, "So, did you not want this Bullywug rain jacket we made you? Does you it requested say... specifically for me and Papa to make this. If it says Skippy on the back, that is mine. I just can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly, still wants to be Skippy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you see, Nerman grabs a few other dwarves. It would probably be helpful to have a little bit of a crew. So um, yeah, you guys have like a few uh, dwarven sailors uh, walk around, instantly start scuffing up the deck and start just like spitting everywhere. Oh, uh, good. That's Aww. more like it. Yeah, that's good. Get a little dirty on here, huh? Uh, so Skippy takes his place um, at the helm. <laughs> um, you guys take off in your airship following the coordinates uh, to the point that Salas gave you. This is going to be a long day of travel. You guys have been living in an actual bubble, so you've not been experiencing the ongoing kind of apocalypse. As soon as you guys leave the arcane bubble, it's this awful storm. Um, oh, uh, right before we do that, I appoint uh, Nerman my first mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looks super proud and salutes you. Here, here, Skippy. 
<laughs> a tear rolls down my cheek. Um, you guys see uh, lightning crashing. You see the choppy water of the ocean deep below you building up to huge tsunamis and crashing into the rocks of nearby shores. Um, this uh, trip is going to take you guys a few hours. So, hard one, go ahead and give me a raw proficiency check. Uh, so, plus whatever your proficiency is. What is it at level? Oh, uh, by the way, the boobs are level 17. Woohoo! Uh, so it is plus six now. Plus six now. So go ahead and give me a raw proficiency uh, check to see how you steer. Uh, again, the Stormborn is built for this. It is said to have been blessed by Cord himself. Can I go out and be the sort of, um, you know, the front of a ship, like the mat, not the mast, <laughs> but like the, the mermaid. Like mermaid at the lady. That's. I just feel like I'm Cord's type. Yeah, so like I at the prow. Like, yeah, I want to be like the the statues at the prow. Cool. You see some flirty <laughs> crashes of lightning near you. <laughs> I'm just trying to get us that favor while we can. I am going around and offering all of the dwarves popcorners and Terra blue chips. <laughs> just popcorn flying everywhere, screaming over the storm. Do you want any popcorn? <laughs> Throw on Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> the DVD is soaked. We've ruined our DVD player. Baldor screaming with a raincoat on. I use the sail as a projection screen. <laughs> uh, uh, hard one, what did you get on your check to drive? Cord gave me a dirty 20. Ooh, a dirty 20. Probably because he likes your prow. That prow's got some wow. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me a D4 of cataclysmic challenges as you guys ride through this storm. All right. Um, we're going to have... It. We're going to play it out like individual events just because that's what the mechanics serve. But uh, this is kind of accumulated damage. This okay. is things that are happening over hours. And I'm oh. hoping that I can use spells to mitigate stuff, even though it's, we're doing it all at once. I can kind of use spells to mitigate certain Certainly, things. if you okay. want to whip out like a super high level spell um, um, yeah. to try to stop the weather or something, you can do that. You're a very powerful druid. Roll the one. Oh, oh, that is the hey, best shut thing up. you can roll. Lord. Dang, I guess I'm going to hang on to my high-level druid spells if Hard One's going to roll like that. Honestly, I didn't want to take Moonshine off the prow. She's pretty perfect right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, go ahead and roll me a D6. Five. So you guys go. It is smooth sailing figuratively. It is very rocky sailing, but there is nothing that you guys don't get hit by lightning. Uh, You guys see the world coming apart around you like pieces of earth breaking off from the main continent and just like disappearing into the ocean. Uh, Tsunamis coming up and just washing away the shore. But you guys up in your ship, um, which seems to be blessed by the god of storms himself, um, are riding through the storm. Stomach feels rock solid too. It's that terra blue base layer. Uh, It's going to stave off seasickness. But suddenly um, you guys begin to feel the wind picking up even more so and seems to be controlling a little bit where the boat is going. Like it's fighting you a little bit hard one. As you turn the wheel, it is taking you rapidly in whatever direction you're spinning and it's shaking back and forth and the dwarves are having to hang on to stay up. Bear a hand, Nerman. <laughs> you guys suddenly feel a gust of wind in the wrong direction as you're um, turning the wheel and you guys enter a tailspin. The boat begins spinning Ooh. out of control um, and you guys begin plummeting 
You guys are all hanging on as the wind pushes back against you. Um, and you guys get to the point where you are a few hundred feet in the air. Now you're just a few dozen feet in the air, just as a tidal wave is about to crest up and hit the ship. Um, hard one, you're finally able to right it. Everybody go ahead and give me strength saving throws to stay Ooh. on as a tidal wave hits the SS storm. I think Ooh. I'm going to, we got a lot of delicate crew with us. I think I'm going to control winds and updraft us away from this tidal wave. <laughs> Sweet. Go ahead and give me an arcana check. Okay. Arcana's good when I got my cap on. Mm-hmm. And please make it work because I did roll a two. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. 21. Hard one, Bevan, Balnor, and all the dwarves are looking up as this tidal wave rises about to consume the SS Stormborn. Then at the last second, Moonshine holds her hand up and blows a gust of wind into the sails, rocketing it back up into the air. The boat rocks as you crash into the tip of the tsunami just as it breaks, avoiding the sea's wrath. Watch a crick break wind. <laughs> hard one puts his captain hat on Moonshine. <laughs> Balnor laughs hysterically. <laughs> so you guys are able to get back up into the air and fly without too much more drama, and you get back to the coordinates that Salas laid out for you. Um, but you guys don't see anything yet. It's just cloudy skies with all this rain and lightning. Okay. Everybody go ahead and give me a perception check. Ooh, goodness. Uh, it's going to be a 20. 25. Wow. Uh, 15. Hard one, you're concentrating on keeping the ship aloft. Um, Bev and Moonshine, you guys look up amongst the clouds and you see that one of them looks strange. As you fly past it, you see that it's not three-dimensional. It looks almost as if someone painted a cloud in the sky. Hmm. Can I cast Dispel Magic on it? Sure. Hmm, I know some hallucinatory stuff that is fourth level, so I'm going to cast a fourth level spell magic on it. Sweet. Um, go ahead and give me a um, roll. Okay, so higher than fourth level, I see. It's going to be a 22. Um, Moonshine, nice. you hold your hand up. Um, you cast a spell magic on this strange cloud, and you see that a hole appears in it through which you can see clear sky, but it looks like kind of blurry. It looks like this is some kind of gate. Ooh. Ooh. Y'all want to just dive in there or can we, I know this is reckless, but should we just aim the airship at it? Should we throw a diamond through first? Maybe something lower. What about a fig Newton and not a diamond? <laughs> Don't waste the Newtons. <laughs> I, I reach for a fig Newton, but accidentally grab a diamond and throw a diamond. <laughs> you throw I a yell, moonshine, no, until I realize it's only a diamond. Sorry, it's just a diamond. The kid it was said just... diamond, and I couldn't get it out of my head. My fingers just listened to what you he said. You see the dwarves just watch this 300 gold diamond <laughs> earring fly through Don't the air. Don't worry. No! Don't worry, guys. It was a diamond. It was only a diamond. <laughs> what do you mean? Those are so valuable. I know. I held up the Newton. These are more precious than gold. <laughs> We're now down to 21 spell components. More precious than rolled's gold pretzels. You throw it through, and you see it uh, disappears into the gate. Okay, wait. Should we throw one of us tied to a rope through it? 
I tie, I'm, I tie myself to a rope and like make wink, wink, nod, nod kind of eyes at the hole. Heave ho. I, uh, I throw moonshine like a football. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, go ahead and give me a uh, strength check. Hard Javeliner? Or an athletics check. Don't mind if I do. That's a 36. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys see... <laughs> make the sound of one of those nerf uh the ones that <laughs> a make vortex, the sound a nerf vortex yeah um hard one you pick up you have like your hand on moonshine's hip holding her over your head you whip the ship so you have the momentum of the ship as you toss her she hits the wind and flies through that portal and Wait, i'm attached to a um to a rope too like a kite um you guys immediately feel the rope go limp and moonshine is gone <gasps> um, well, uh, this is, should we should we this go is in? Bad water skiing, uh, Norman. Hard one. She had the rest yeah. of the Terra chips. What, what are we doing? She's dead. Oh my god, she's dead. Norman, bring the ship about. That's our that's our figurehead out there. <laughs> one prow down. Uh, follow her. Follow her. I jump on Jaja. Wait, did they hear a faint? Did they hear a faint whirring of a uh, Nerf vortex? Yeah, oh, they heard a faint whirring, and then but it went it's away. gone now. It's gone. Yeah. I should have never fucking elevator her out to the portal. As soon as the rope goes limp, I jump on Jaja and pursue through the portal. Sweet. Um, are you taking the Stormborn or are you guys going without the Stormborn? Yeah. We're, we're taking, taking the Stormborn and uh, and Beverly is on a turtle. Um, wait, do, do I not, did I have time to do any crafting last night? Um, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess you did, yeah. Yeah, you guys rested at the... What okay. did you want to have crafted? I can't say it yet because I'm missing. Okay. <laughs> so Moonshine has gone missing. Um, the rest of you guys, Beverly leading the way on Jaw Jaw, fly fearlessly into the portal. Um, hard one on the Stormborn with all the dwarves. <laughs> Why did we throw Moonshine? <laughs> Let's make sure it's safe. We'll throw our favorite character. <laughs> First, we'll throw a diamond, then we'll throw one of us. Truly is it. Okay. So, it's perfect order of operations. I don't know what you're talking about. So, Moonshine is ahead of the other guys. So, we're going to start with Moonshine. So, Moonshine, you have this (laughs) robe around you. As soon as you go through this cloud gate, you feel yourself enter another world hidden in this pocket of the sky. As you emerge on the other side, you see that the sky is clear. It's a beautiful day here as if Diala's cataclysm never happened. That's the first thing you notice. The second thing you notice is that your rope has been cut by entering this gate and you begin plummeting. (gasps) A wild shape into a vulture! Moonshine (laughs) turns into a vulture and begins flying. Hard One and Bev, uh, you guys show up a second later. You you see Moonshine is not there. There's just a vulture. A pregnant vulture. Oh, you see that it's pregnant. I, I put my spyglass away and I say, don't worry. <laughs> what do you mean? She's dead. My God, the vultures are, are, are swarming. No, that vulture is pregnant as fuck. <laughs> we found our girl. Pregnant with hope. What does that mean? <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, 
text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame. Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up, they have the perfect gift, and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. Um, the dwarves are blown away. These guys are just regular kind of sailors. They've seen crazy monsters and stuff on the sea, probably, um, but have definitely not seen an entire new world. You guys look out, and you are in this heavenly abyss. You are now high above the clouds. You are not there before. Now you've like risen way high into the air. Ooh, um, I hope we are in like Fiala's realm. Uh, deep below you, you guys no longer see ocean, just the fog of fluffy white clouds. Poking uh. through them, you see mountains on both sides of you. You're essentially in this big heavenly valley. Uh, and in the middle, you see floating shrines, these large ostentatious buildings on floating platforms with beautiful immaculate gardens. You just, from far away, you guys just see like green gardens and trees and stuff. Um, the different shrines all have different color patterns. There's um, a couple dozen of them. Uh, you see one has um, green and gray banners running down the side of an entrance, others with blue and red and black. Uh, and you see the grandest of all is a gold temple. Um, everybody go ahead and give me um, perception checks as you uh, look out onto this onto this strange world. Uh, that's a 12. I got a nat one. I got a 13. I really want to sniff around for milk, but... <laughs> So all of you guys are looking around and you guys are all just kind of 
distracted by the splendor of it all. But you see that there is life here. You'll have to get closer to the individual um, shrines and stuff to get a handle on what's going on here. But you do see a hard one, especially with the highest roll, a big 13. Um, You do see big flying monsters in the distance. Ooh, I'm so glad I stalked Earthbind today. I'm so glad I made a playlist for this. <laughs> you see the dw- the dwarves and Nerman are absolutely freaking out. Is this is this normal for you guys? We let just- me let me re- let me um soothe them by coming back on as a vulture and unwild shaping everything except for my vulture wings and my vulture <laughs> beak. <laughs> everything is okay, my friends. They immediately begin <laughs> vomiting over the side of the ship. <laughs> Uh, Balnor looks out and he goes, what is this place? It almost seems like some sort of nexus. I'm, I'm seeing lots of different platforms and shrines with different banners. Um, can I try and do a history check to see if I can identify any of the banners? Maybe I can do like a low swoop on Jaw Jaw. Uh, Bev, go ahead and give me a history check. Um, and Papa is going to do a perception check using his scent to smell milk. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> he rolled really poorly. I got another nat one. He doesn't smell I got a that. seven, but also a nat one. Meow. Meow. <laughs> it's okay. Good boy. Good boy. He smells eggs on you. <laughs> all right. All right. You know what? I tried to live that Salos life, and I'll be honest. It was eggy. I, I uh, huff the clouds, and it turns out the clouds are made of milk, so that's probably throwing off your scent. Oh, thank you so much, Bev. I was confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a 12 on my history. Uh, 12 on your history? Mm. Um, you look out at the different colors of these shrines, Bev, and even with without having a ton of knowledge on the subject, you see in the distance some kind of flying monsters, different colored shrines. These colors line up to... Dragons. Dragons. <gasps> I knew it! If we entered some sort of dragon realm? <sighs> this rules. Are the flying monsters we see winged kobolds? Um, They are pretty far away right Mm. now. Let me know how you guys proceed. You guys can just like park the Stormborn off in like a mountain range if you guys want to leave these dwarves behind or else you're going to need to do like a pure stealth check to just do a Han Solo fly (laughs) casual. Um, Try to like... Can I do... I would like to do a history check about dragons and I would like to know which one likes diamonds the most. Okay. (laughs) Great. That's going to be a... 19. A 19. The simplest explanation that you know is that, in general, metallic dragons were more open to humanoids, and um, monochromatic dragons like green dragons, red dragons, blue dragons, white dragons, black dragons tend to be more evil. Mm. And you get the sense, I mean, metallic dragons hoard as well. So you get the sense that a gold dragon would want your diamonds, a black dragon would want your diamonds. So we are, we got a big target painted on our back. Oh, I wasn't even thinking target. I was thinking we could go strike a deal. We've got, I I suppose, not that many, but we've got a couple diamonds to spare. Yeah, for sure. We could sort of make an offering. We could find a black dragon and say, hey, like. Well, if the, 
if the metallic dragons are more friendly to humans, do you think maybe we should try headed towards that gold shrine? Or? Yes, I'm sorry. The tiny goth inside me really just wanted to go to the black dragon because it <laughs> oh, sounded absolutely. so cool. Um, but no, you're right. We should go to a metallic one. So right now you guys are off into the sky. You are not near any specific shrine. Hmm. And again, you guys will have to do a stealth check for the ship, uh, which will be worse than any of your individual things. If you guys... Yep, yep. So whatever you guys want to do. I don't think we want to leave the ship... Um, I mean, it just got repaired. It looks worse, but it just got repaired. What? (laughs) (laughs) It does look a little worse, Nerman. Could you go on a recon mission on Jaja? Oh, yeah. Uh, Moonshine, do you want to go on a reconnaissance mission with me? Yeah, let's do it up. Hang on one second. Let me see if I can summon my bird. Uh, I I run up and I put my leg up on the side of the ship and I whistle for (laughs) caw-caw. Uh-huh. Just a slight whistle that only Caw Caw could hear. Can I summon a bird using Speak with Animals just to make him feel better? You guys don't see any birds. This oh, because strange... they get picked out the sky. Mm, yeah, they are a tasty treat here. Um, hard one, as strong as your bond is with Caw Caw, perhaps Caw Caw is not safe here. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I, I've got Caw Caw's safety uh, front and center myself as well, and I agree. Yeah. okay. Um, uh, that bird's not safe here. I feel a pit in my stomach that he didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I guess I'll hop on. I will hop on with um, Jaw Jaw and uh, cast Pass Without Trace. Can you yeah. lay some eggs real quick just in case we need those to, uh, I don't know, throw at a shrine? Yeah, yeah, I'll lay, lay a couple eggs real quick. Then I Great. become Moonshine and then I <laughs> cast Pass Without Trace and then I hop on Jaw Jaw. It's a lot for these dwarves to stomach. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so you guys get on Jaw Jaw. Moonshine casts Pass Without Trace. I'll say, let's just have Jaw Jaw roll. Um, your stealth check. Okay, like but he gets stealth. to add plus 10. That's going to be a 29. Ooh! Wow. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So, hard one, you start flying the ship off towards like the mountains away from where you see kind of flying monsters in the distance so that you're not detected. It's like a nice wide, wide loop. A wide, <laughs> wide loop. <laughs> <laughs> so Bev and Moonshine, you guys begin flying down on Jaw Jaw. Each of the uh, colored shrines are on platforms a couple hundred feet apart, and you see that on the monochromatic ones, uh, the green shrine, the red shrine, the blue shrine, you see dragonborn guards in matching colors standing guard. These bipedal dragon people um, with thick armor and long glaives keeping watch over the sky. Uh, Some of the dragonborn guard are doing drills or sparring, fighting in circles while the other ones observe. Um, You also see that um, you guys are only catching this because you are like coming down from above the shrines, but a lot of them do have like tall bushes and trees and stuff that kind of obscure uh, what the other guards and stuff from the other temples would be able to see. It looks like there might be some rivalries going on between um, the different shrines. But you guys um, land on the platform with the gold shrine, and you guys see that there are no dragonborn here at all. Just long rows of flowers in a huge garden leading up to a shrine in the shape of a giant gold dragon, its mouth open, acting as the doorway. On both sides of the mouth, however, you see tall gold golems with spears crossing their weapons to block the way. 
Well, I guess we should figure out if these are shrines to the dragons or if these uh, dragonborns built the shrines to, to worship the creatures. But the gold one has no dragonborn there. That is true. So maybe we get a little closer and investigate that one. Yeah. While you guys are looking at this shrine, hard mm. one, you are taking a wide berth. Nerman, hang a Reginald, please. Trying <laughs> to keep the SS Stormborn out of trouble. However, you are up in the air. You guys, even with not great perception checks, were able to see other flying creatures in the distance. Um, go ahead and give me a stealth check with advantage. This is just going to be raw. It's going to be a plus zero. Okay, let's hope the other one is... Oh, my good lord. Uh, do I add anything? Do I add my personal stealth or just raw? All right, why don't we add your proficiency as a... Uh, shipmaster. As a shipmaster. Good as a man. captain. I, and I am proficient. Thank you for asking, Nerman. That's a 24. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Nerman, hang a Lucy, please. <laughs> you guys starts to fly low to kind of like hide in the clouds because otherwise you're just in open water up here. You're very easy to find. I am going to go ahead. These guys get, as a group, I'm going to average their perception. They get a plus 15 to perception. That's pretty good. So they uh -huh. need to roll a nine, an eight or lower. Roll it in front of Emily. That is a natural seven. Wow. Oh, there we go. Wow. Um, hard one. As you guys dip down into the clouds, and Bev and Moonshine, you guys probably see this too. As mm -hmm. you guys kind of like take cover in the gardens of this gold shrine, Ugh, you gorgeous. see a blue, a red, and a green dragon, like this little crew start flying out towards the portal, like as if they had just seen something and start like sniffing around. Oh, Moonshine, did, did you see that? Yeah, that was bad. Hmm. Okay, Bev, what do y'all think? We've done our recon. Should we return to the ship and tell them the information that we retrieved or should we g dig a little deeper? Well, here's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. If there are three dragons currently looking for our friends, mm -hmm. I wonder if it's not a bad idea to try and get on the good side of potentially the more strong dragon. I'm also curious if this metallic dragon is existing in a different political space than these monochromatic dragons. I mean, these monochromatic dragons have groups of dragonborns, and yet this gold dragon doesn't have any groups of dragonborns and is supposed to be friendlier to humanoids. It's very true. Yeah, I don't know if they've just like done away with a workforce and they've like fully automated. <laughs> I think I think we can agree, Bev, that the only logical conclusion is that the gold dragon is automated. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Balnor and Hard One and all of the dwarves are just in a ship in the middle of a cloud. Oh my god, the dragons are gonna find us, man. They're gonna so, find uh, us. <laughs> Nerman, I've been doing that slam poetry thing again. <laughs> what? I think we should risk it. I think we should try and learn a little more about the geopolitical landscape of okay. Dragonopolis, which is what I'm tentatively calling it. Talk to the dragon? I think we should talk to the dragon. Would you like to? Would you like me to dispel these golems and we go inside, or would you like us to just knock, knock? We got diamonds because we love you. I think good foot forward. Uh, we're 
just extremely disadvantaged, so I think we should at least try to ingratiate ourselves. Okay, we're What gonna, do you think? Okay, no, I'm into it. I'm, I'm honestly right. into either plan, so hearing that you're into that. <clears throat> gold dragon! Gold dragon! <laughs> so you guys right now, you guys are on... <laughs> The floating platform of the gold shrine. You see a long walkway to the shrine paved in gold. To the sides of you are various gardens filled with all manners of golden yellow flowers. You're surrounded by bright yellows and greens. As we are going, I would like to make a show of casting plant growth on Mm. these yellow flowers. So I'm like, my hands are doing that like gladiator through the fields thing and I'm making the flowers (laughs) bloom more and more and more flowers. You make the flowers bloom, more yellow flowers pop up behind you as you walk, um, overgrowing over the planters like onto the path behind you guys. Um, You guys approach the shrine itself um, and you see the golden mouth of the dragon is open. To the sides of the mouth are two of these golden golems that look almost like Roman legionnaires, helms with feathery bristles in the middle. They have their spears crossed over the entrance of the shrine. And as you guys walk up, they pull their spears back. Oh, Bev. Is there a part of you that wonders if we need to get hard one here to do this? I just worry about entering the mouth of this dragon, metaphorical or not, without hard one. It is true that normally when we go inside a monster, all three of us jump inside it. Yeah, it feels wrong to enter a mouth and not have hard one a little bit. Can we send (laughs) Jaja to go retrieve him? That's not a bad idea. Jaja, do you feel okay with that? That's okay with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, if you die, I'll just summon you again. All right, that's pretty smart. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that with Papa. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, keep Papa safe. Yeah. Uh, All right, we'll we'll chill outside the temple. Great. We'll we'll do some recon here. I'll just keep plant growth in. You guys stand outside the temple. Um, Go ahead and roll a stealth check for um, Jaja as he goes into the fog to see if these dragons Remember to add 10 because... He's yep. got passed without trace. They rolled a three, so you have to beat an 18 to go undetected. And they add 10 plus his stealth, which is two. That is going to be an 18 exactly. <laughs> they catch him. Uh, oh, Jaja, oh. no! You guys see Jaja go out. Don't worry, Dad. I'm going to do a good job. <laughs> and then you see these three dragons all coming together. And look at this little punk out here by himself. Ah, what are you doing, little dragon turtle? So far out of the water. Oh, leave me alone. Come on now. They're like oh, they're 80s bullies. <laughs> hey, where's your water, huh, dragon turtle? You see they push him with his claws. Uh, the white dragon catches him and throws him to the we blue dragon. Can just stand by without I- saying anything? Can I telepathically communicate with Jaja? Yeah. <laughs> I say, puke on him. Puke on him in self-defense. Oh, okay. Um, you see he goes uh, and he casts his um, like steam breath thing, does like yeah. a little bit of damage to the red one. You see they all at the same time breathe their fire, lightning, um, and cold breath onto him, and oh. Jaja disappears in the air. Yeah, oh. now let's find that weird wood thing that we saw in the air. Uh, and they start <laughs> flying into the clouds. Uh, hard one, go ahead and give me... Um, actually, you know what, hard one? I'll say you can either do stealth or you can fly deeper into the clouds and just have like a harder time navigating getting out. Um, I'll do a stealth. Uh, go ahead and give me another stealth check with advantage. With advantage? 
that's an 18. Hard one. You guys are lying low in the clouds, but trying to stay close enough so that you can still find your way out easily. And suddenly you see coming through the white mist, red claws gripping onto the deck of the SS Stormborn, and then green claws, and then blue claws, as three hulking dragons lean over the deck of the SS Stormborn. You see Nerman and the dwarves and Balnor kind of start backing up as you guys are surrounded. Uh, And you see the red dragon cranes his neck, sticks his head in the boat, and goes, well, 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 more small folk. Uh, Welcome. Welcome to the SS Stormborn. You've landed on my ship. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, Crick Elf has taught me hospitality. So uh, my ship is as Sue ship, as they say. Uh, You see, hard one, um, Balnor leans into you and he goes, more small folk. Do you think do you think they saw the others? Uh, hard one, go ahead and give me an insight check with advantage. Balnor is helping you. 23. Whoa. With that insight check, you know the dragons would have picked them off. Two lone people riding on a dragon. Why would they go after the warship? So he's talking about other small folk. <clears throat> uh, yeah, well... First of all, not that small. Hi. Um, right, just the just these little guys, right? You're huge. Uh, and you see all of the dragons laugh. <laughs> Nerman, I'm going to need you to go over there and polish that cannon. <laughs> uh, you see Nerman uh, starts to lean forward and a dragon hisses at him. Okay, I'll play along. Who came through here? Who, have you, who else have you guys killed? <laughs> Who have we killed? Well, there were these small folks that came by and they had wings. They were flying around like they thought they were dragons. And we just plucked them right out of the sky, roasted them up and had them for lunch. Yeah. You see, they all start nodding and laughing. Uh, Hard one. Go ahead and give me an insight check. (laughs) I feel like uh, (laughs) I think these guys have feasted on some birds. Uh, Shit. That's another 23. Uh, 23. they're, They're lying. Oh. What? Lying about having killed them. Mm. Oh. These, these seem like yeah. real shitheads. Okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, I saw them but didn't best them. I know bluster when I heard it. You guys let these fuckers <laughs> get away, huh? You see, they look frazzled. Um, they go, what do you What do you mean, bluster? I'll, I'll show you bluster. Tell you what, I'm thinking about adding this whole ship to my horde. Uh, you see the red dragon hops down and starts walking around on your deck. Ooh, needs to be redone a little bit, though. Need to polish up these boards. It looks like shit. The, the boards are fine, and the boards will never be part of your horde. <laughs> so why don't you go soar out of here? I wink at Balnor. <laughs> still slamming. I still be slamming. <laughs> Hard one. Give me an intimidation check with disadvantage. <laughs> with disadvantage. <laughs> That was my best poem yet. Um, <laughs> intimidation check, eh? Um, so that's a 15 if I've got to use my disadvantage. <laughs> you see, they all look at each other and they go, this guy's a slam poet, kick his ass! <laughs> uh, and they all descend. Uh, uh, hard one, go ahead and roll initiative. Fuck. Uh, that's a 15. So you see... 
with a nat 20, Balnor charges forward. Yes. Get away from our ship. Get your dirty paws off, you giant lizards. <laughs> We're the fucking hounds. Um, charges forward. Um, is going to go after, let's say, the blue dragon. Um, oh, my God. A crit on the first hit. What an insane <laughs> day for Balnor. Balnor That's hit. a new sword. Balnor hits yeah. on all three. Maybe crit breaker instead of mist breaker. First attacks. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, he's going to action maker surge instead right of away. Love that. Love crit that maker. for him. Um, Love that for him. <laughs> Balnor hits five times for a total of 71 damage, just goes up and slashes into this blue dragon. Um, and hard one, you guys are not in a great spot because there's three of these dudes and your friends are pretty far away. But you can see by how quickly Bounder was able to injure this one. You see it like gets. You see Bounder like gets up under its scales, um, and it starts to like shriek and let out like lightning. Uh, you see that these are probably young dragons. Um, cool. That We're is lings. honks. That is the green dragon's turn. The green dragon is going to breathe down onto uh, the deck. Hard one, go ahead and give me a constitution saving throw. Gladly. Uh, that's a 27. Balnor passes as well. What about Nerman? Uh, Nerman will do one right now. Keep it together, lad. Hard one. You and Balnor both take 21 damage as poison spray fills the deck of the SS Stormborn. Uh, and when the green mist clears, you see that the dwarven crew, oh. unconscious, not necessarily okay. dead. Nerman. Yeah, hard one. You see uh, your old friend Nerman, just this happy guy who always stuck by your side in the dwarfenage. Um, always was like running me. towards you to help at the last moment, no. uh, just like singed with all this poison damage. Now the red dragon is going to go. Hard one, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and give me a dex saving throw. 19. Hard one, you pass, Balnor passes. You guys both take 27 damage. Um, and you see as this rain of fire comes down on the ship, um, you see that the other dwarves are not breathing. Uh, hard one, that is your turn. Let's take these guys out of the sky, hard one. Yeah, damn right. We're the fucking hounds, and fuck you, Blue Dragon. <laughs> so that is. <laughs> Did they fuck you to the most hurt one? Yes, I fucking crit. How'd you crit? I crit on the most nice. hurt one. Yeah. Oh right, yes. you crit nonstop. You have so many attacks and crit. What yeah. were we even worried about? Uh, all right, so that is a a thirty-two to hit, and uh, and I crit. Both hit. You get three attacks. What's your third attack? Uh, that one I rolled in at one. Got it. Uh, that's fifty-six damage to that one. Jesus, this one is so hurt. I'm going to action surge then and see if I can fuck it up even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I also get a bonus attack because I... Because you... Because you crit. Crit. Yes, that's right. Great weapon master. Cool, so I'll take four attacks now. Does a 23 hit? Yes. Great. I hit all four times. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that's 81 damage. Hard one. Finish the blue dragon. 
I take it by its neck and I uh, suffocate him in my solo cup. (laughs) (laughs) You stick his snout in a keg um, and you see like electric energy coming out of it and shocking it. Um, You kill this blue dragon easily and you're able to, with the other couple attacks, swing into the red dragon and you do a bunch of damage to it. You do 50 damage to it. The blue dragon was already kind of on death's door. You guys did a ton of damage in a very quick amount of time. Um, And you instantly see like the blue dragon's dead. Red dragon's already a little hurt. Uh, Turns to the green one. Let's get out of here. Yeah, get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Not yet you don't. Uh, And and, uh, Balnor jumps on it and is going to like try to stab into its scales. Misses on the first attack. Misses on the second attack. It literally just rolled three nat fives. It just, (laughs) after saying a cool line, hits scale three times. Uh, This is Harder than it looks. I was feeling <laughs> super confident. Um, on the green dragon's turn, it disengages and flies off into the clouds. On the red dragon's turn, it flies off and disengages into the clouds. Bevan Moonshine, you guys see a green dragon and a red dragon emerge, but no blue dragon and no SS Stormborn. Huh. I guess they hid really well. I guess so. I guess that worked out, huh? Maybe they befriended that blue dragon. That sounds like a hard one. I guess via via rapport spores, I just yell, yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> oh, all oh, of our friends are okay. dead. Cool. Nerman's oh, gone. Come here. Yeah, come here. Yeah, rapport spores. Nerman, bring the ship about. Uh, I step over Nerman's dead body and I bring the ship about. <laughs> just absolutely roasted. <gasps> All right, hard one. As you come up out of the clouds and try to join them in the gold shrine, uh, go ahead and give me another stealth check for the Stormborn. And I'll say you can do it with advantage because you're like hanging low. You're going through the clouds. You can probably like set yourself up. So you're going on the side of shrines that have like tall trees and stuff that people can't see through. I'm feeling this ship right now. That's a dirty 20. Nice. Okay. Dirty 20. Um, Bev and Moonshine, you guys see Hard One lands the Stormborn on the platform of the Gold Shrine. You see on the Stormborn is a dead blue dragon, um, face beaten up by a hammer and stabbed a bunch of times by Balnor's sword. Um, (laughs) But then you also see Nerman is dead, and there's three other um, burned dwarves. What? They're dead, guys. We lost the dang crew. Okay, um, I do not have Revivify. We could do a bunch of reincarnates, though, if <laughs> y'all dwarves want to come back as, I don't know, kobolds and tabaxi. <laughs> I, I rush over to them, and I, I pull out the, the diamond studs from my ears, and I grab a couple of the other diamonds. Uh, I, I clinch them in my hands, uh, and I think I finally have enough slots where I can do Revivify four times. Four times? I have a fourth level level slot and then three third level slots. Damn. Oh, sweet. Wow. Wow. Okay, great. Because if you you wanted to save one, I do have gentle repose. We can kind of keep them as a limp sack of future life. (laughs) And I was going to say, I barely even like this guy. He was sort of a dick to me (laughs) at the Dwarfenage. But if you got four. I got a bad vibe from him, too. I'll be all. Right? You you see this brave little warrior has has drawn their sword and was like going to try to defend the Stormborn, just like roasted alive. Just like always a little smug. That was all. Yeah. He, he like kind of had always a little Just something smug. to complain about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing was ever okay. <laughs> My hands are fully charged with holy energy and I'm just like, so so no? So just the three? Let's do it. These are my dwarven brothers. Yeah, there's, you know what? 
Hard one, it's, it's time for a little uh, Iron Deep reunion. Uh, and I power up my hands, and then uh, I touch my hands to their chest, and then I give them each a dwarven headbutt to bring them back to life. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, you do touch heads <laughs> um, to uh, all of the dwarves. Uh, I'm going to say these guys are inconsequential enough. We're not going to do a can big I, can re-roll. Can I lean de- in real quick to the one that Hart once said he doesn't like and just say, I almost brought you back as a tabaxi. <laughs> <laughs> you see, um, we're not going to make them re-roll death saves because these are minor enough guys. We don't need the um, drama of that. Uh, these guys all pop back up with the power of Beverly's holy power, and you see the one next to Moonshine wakes up and goes, oh, I I went to the darkness and all I saw was you. (laughs) Whoa, really? (laughs) Yeah, you said you you were going to turn me into a cat? Oh, no. I'm just saying that, you know, one false move around hard one, and I'll bring you back as a tabaxi next Uh. time. Um, Do you want a tail? Just try to be a little more positive is all. Unless you're into that. (laughs) I haven't talked to Hard One in like 15 years. What is he? Well, maybe that's the problem, huh? Go say hey. All right. (laughs) Hey, Skippy. I'm sorry. (laughs) I want to hang out. Awesome. Why don't you come through the cabin in a bit? I have a couple poems I've been working on. All right. Um, and you see, uh, yeah, Nerman, Nerman wakes up, um, and, uh, Nerman just, uh, looks up at you, hard one, and goes, where, where are they? Where are the dragons? Uh, sees the big dead dragon. Okay, one. We got one. We got one, Nerman. It's good to have you back, brother. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Does anyone know about the burial practices of dragons? Oh, yeah, yeah. You just sort of do this. I kick it over the side. Um, (laughs) Oh, real quick. Real quick. I want to send Handy Andy to slice a bit of dragon meat. Oh, yeah, for sure. You get a big chunk of dragon meat and then unceremoniously kick it over the side. (laughs) Okay. If you think that's how they tend to do it, then I trust your knowledge of dragon ways, hard one. Thank you, Moonshine. Um, And uh, I've got some more knowledge I got to drop on you guys uh, quickly. Drop away. Um, So I think... Uh, we are not the first people to pay these dragons a visit. Wait, is this not a poem? Uh, it can be. <laughs> if anybody wants to give me a beat and 10 minutes to write. No, I'd actually, I think that the information Fine. will be a lot clearer. Wait, 10, minutes not... <laughs> 10 minutes oh, so to write? 10 minutes to write. Oh, so it's like inspiring speech, I see. Okay. <laughs> inspiring poem. Uh, look, I think a bunch of chosen birds were came through here. Oh, Oh, so it is a very... So we were right. The owl is going to be after this. The owl is trying to triple her game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how far they got, but I know that they successfully evaded uh, these same dragons. All right. In that case, then I would like to cast Locate Creature Ooh. on a chosen Ooh. bird. Are there any chosen birds that you know in particular? Derek Brisden? Hector. <laughs> Hector, definitely Hector. I would like to locate creature on Barrett Brisden. Moonshine? Yeah. Barrett Brisden is in that gold shrine. Whoa! Oh, thank God you didn't do Hector. <laughs> Wait, can I also locate creature? Yeah, on where's Hector? Hector. <laughs> Hector. Um, Hector's in there too, Moonshine. Yeah, I think we need to stay out here and beat each other up and level up if we're going to face off with Hector. <laughs> what about Jules and Jim? I think we got to get in there. Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. Um, yeah, you guys see um, Nerman and the other dwarves get to... Wait, um, I haven't said this in a while. 
something misaligned at the shrine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is that one of the things you say? I used to do. I used to say that a lot. I hadn't thought about it in a while. But then with Hard Ones Beat Poetry coming about, I thought, hey, I used to make a lot of rhymes too. Right, right. And this is just the occasion to remember. Um, the dwarves tell you that they'll they'll watch the ship, um, and uh, they take to cleaning up as you guys head off to the shrine. So you guys pass through the mouth of the gold dragon, the gold golems not making any effort to try to stop you. Mm -hmm. Um, You travel down a short hallway with wall tiles uh, like gold dragon scales until it opens up to a huge circular room with a tall domed ceiling. Uh, In the center of the room, you see six pedestals, all with gold dragon statues atop them. The dragons are all in fearsome poses with their mouths open. And all around the room, you see a mural painted that shows Eladrin doing battle, giants fighting dragons and whatnot. It's gorgeous. It's like this uh, Sistine Chapel kind of vibe. Uh, Let's take a nice deep look at that mural. Yeah. Let's take in the art. Yeah, I need to see if that's egg tempura or acrylic on there. Yeah. Uh, this is how books are supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Hard one, uh, they, they make graphic scrolls. You've seen me read them. Hmm. So you guys, <laughs> you guys, just by looking at this mural, are going to be able to see a lot. Um, but go ahead and give me investigate checks, and I'll say you can do it with advantage. Twenty three. Just a fourteen for me. Just a sixteen for a 16. me. But seventeen for me. Okay, sweet. So you guys look around at the mural and you see that it follows a narrative. Um, On the left, you see a goblin king, this giant goblin monster doing battle with three Eladrin, one of whom you recognize as the mortal form of Melora. Uh, She's very very tall (laughs) with green eyes, a glowing green longbow. She's joined by a male Eladrin and another woman, another Eladrin with gold hair, yellow eyes, and a darker complexion. You see that as the painting goes on, these three Eladrin kill the Goblin King, then stand around the glowing yellow rock, its divine heart. The painting goes on to follow the um, one Eladrin with the gold hair and yellow eyes. You see her riding a gold dragon and fighting alongside other dragons in a fight against giants. Then finally, on the right side of the room, you see the gold dragon alone on top of a horde. And then hard one with a roll above a 23. As you guys are all looking around, you look up and you see in the domed ceiling... There's a painting of all three Eladrin. It looks like the part of the mural where they're all standing around the glowing yellow rock, but each of them has a piece of it. Well, look at that. Huh. So it looks like Melora perhaps divvied up this divine heart. Moonshine, do you know who these other uh, Eladrin that are portrayed here? Do you know who they are? Do I know who they are? Um, Moonshine, go ahead and give me a history check. Mm. Mm. Can I help on that? Uh, Please do. (laughs) (laughs) I got a nine. You guys aren't sure. This seems to be... This is somewhat of a secret. You Mm. have not heard of this. Well, um, I suppose we need to crack how to get in there because... Brisden. Br- Brisden? Yeah. Brisden is in there. Yeah. So is Hector. 
So I didn't even want to speak his name, lest the echoes awake his ire. <laughs> uh, so you guys also see these six pedestals with gold dragon statues on them, and it looks like each one has a button in its mouth that you can press. Can I do like detect? No, I mean they're all detect magic is just going to be nothing here. Hmm. I mean I could do it. Okay, Certainly. I'll I'll do detect yeah. magic. I think I got enough. I'll I'll do it on. The first one. Okay. Um, moonshine. Actually, I want to do it on the last one, all the way to the right. Okay, Moonshine. Closest to where the dragon is sitting on the horde. Great. Moonshine, you detect magic. Um, there is illusory magic on this dragon. And you Ooh. quickly think this might not actually be gold. Ah, so this ain't gold, so we got to figure out which one is actually gold. Um, uh-huh. If that's the case, can I just bite the next one to see if I think it's gold? <laughs> wow. I don't want to burn all my spell slots. Yeah, she'd be able to like bend it. There'd like be a little bit of give. Yeah, mm. that's what you see when, when people are testing if something's real gold or not. They Moonshine, bite it. go ahead and give me a perception <laughs> check. <laughs> it's going to be a 23. <laughs> Moonshine. Damn right. You do not press any of the buttons. You go around and you bite each individual gold dragon. God, it's a pleasure watching her work. And it doesn't, it's not like soft to the bite, but the fourth one, like one of the ones in the middle, tastes metallic. Y'all, we got a winner. Everyone, come (laughs) grab a bite. Grab a bite. Let me get a bite of that. Yeah, they bite it. Ow, my filling. (laughs) You guys bite it. Uh, You guys instantly chip your teeth. (laughs) Okay, and then should we press it using the telekinesis of the hat just in case it snaps down? We don't want anyone to lose an arm. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Uh, I press it with the telekinesis. Sweet. Um, Moonshine, you press it with the telekinesis. At that moment, you guys see the dragon's mouth that was open behind you, this doorway, closes. You see gas starts coming out of the gold dragon statue. Everybody go ahead (laughs) and give me con saving throws. Okay. (laughs) Oh, congratulations, gas. 23. 17. 21. Okay. Bev and hard one. You guys see Moonshine and Balnor drop. Uh, what is it though? What is it? Is it poison? Sleep. Uh, I'm immune to oh. sleep. Completely immune to it? I am immune to sleep. Whoa. Immune to sleep, advantage against being charmed. Jesus Christ. Damn right. um, I, re- I literally wrote that today and I was like, huh, funny that it's never come up ever. <laughs> uh, you guys see this sleep gas starts to fill the room. Balnor drops back like a rock and starts snoring. Oh, he's looking for a chair. You guys see after a moment, the mural on the back wall opens up and uh, reveals a secret door and out walks a gold cobalt. Kogold, who, as he sees you guys still awake, kind of gives a start and goes, oh, ah, oh, I could see not everything worked as it was intended to. Yeah, I don't sleep by train. Our friend had a little too much of the congratulations gas. Yeah, I think he was going (laughs) to fall asleep anyway. It really wasn't even your spell. Uh, You see, he looks a little uncomfortable, um, but smiles and nods. You the cleanup crew? 
me? No, my name is Cordone. I am just a butler here. I work for the Glittering Lady. Welcome to the Shrine of the Dragon God. Oh, and that's where we'll end our session. Love a lady dragon. Oh, yes. Glittering lady. Sweet, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we uh, we hope this episode came out good. I think yeah. our uh, first foray into remote recording an episode went well. I felt like yes. I was able to connect with y'all. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and it was good to be back. It was great to be back, but... Not getting to see Murph and Emily's cats has been devastating. Um, so please be with me and send me your thoughts and prayers in this trying time. I missed mm. I missed the cats, but I'll tell you what this this last couple hours has been a uh, an escape from my own private hell, and I yeah. appreciated it. So Might thank as you well, guys. right there with you, a very right. necessary balm. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can check out, out our Patreon for the after show, patreon.com slash nadpod. Um, thank you guys all so much for listening. Please stay safe. Anybody have anything else to plug? I'll Stay plug washing safe. your goddamn hands and staying the fuck at home. Wash hands. your hands. <laughs> <Stay> Keep <laughs> your hands to yourself. Make love um, to your couch. Oh, um, you can watch Big City Greens if you're looking for something to watch. Oh. If your uh, whole family is home, uh, stuck inside, it's a great little show. You can find it on... Uh, Disney Plus first season there and then the uh, second season I believe is airing on Amazon and iTunes uh, and on the Disney channel so check it out sweet amazing uh, it's great uh, it's a world where nothing's wrong wow <laughs> not bad comforting we need yeah. more of those uh, sweet uh, thank you guys so much for listening uh, we'll be back next week with another episode uh, in the meantime follow us on Twitter at chmurfismi at Caldy's Caldwell Addy Axford is Emily and at Jake Hurwitz is Jake and you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD that's N-A-D-D-P-O-D we are we are we It's the end of the show, everybody, and that means we need to shout out our benevolent Council of Elders. Y'all so good to us. Starting with Brad D., Dylan B., Danny P., Steelbreaker, and Samuel B., a crew of colorless dragons. Since they're practically invisible, nobody has ever seen one, but legend has it that deep in their caverns lies a massive horde of room-temperature Dasani water bottles. Oh, Beardman Dan, Adam R., Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Alucard, and Alexander T., blue dragonborn guards whose boss was killed by Hard One. Luckily, they instantly found employment in Gladeholm using their breath weapons to power Tonathan Tinkle's new dune buggy. Not only is it eco-friendly, it's also cute as hell. Haldor Frostback, Jordan DJ, Jeffrey S., Cutter W., and Andrew M., the Githzerai in the mental network who are responsible for remembering all the celebrities that have appeared wow. in cameo roles on Law & Order SVU. The Important. Mind Flayers crave their knowledge above all else. Schubert the Mushroom, Elena C., Mixologist Michael McD., Balnor's Boy, and Michael C. Celestial beings who have regular hearts but divine livers. No one knows how they came to possess such holy organs, including the gods themselves, because they were blackout as fuck when it happened. Justin I, Jacob C, Elena M, Dana G, and Paul G, Salas's personal chefs. She used to have more, but they were fired after one had the audacity to say, maybe you should eat something (laughs) other than eggs. Damiel R, Destin C, Jive G, David T, 
and Aaron Sully, the band of boobs hallmates in their new dorm room who are currently meeting with the RA to lodge a formal complaint about the amount of tuna Balnor has been heating up in the communal microwave. If you got a problem, you can go to a different floor. <laughs> uh, Sergio Salazar, Salomon Sakarias de Sequani, Michael L., Trele the Crayfay, Jory S., and Pup Thoth, Josh, the Cobalt's cousins who all live in the Dragon Realm. They're all super jacked, but okay. also super flexible from doing a ton of yoga. Okay. The boobs don't stand a chance. Now that's a quarantine goal. <laughs> Do more yoga. Adam H., Ryan, Aaron G., Jake L., and Michael M., the other monochromatic dragons. They are actually black and white, and they only speak French with English subtitles. They smoke cigarettes, and they love Truffaut. They're kind of inseparable, but they make you feel smarter whenever you're around them. Big Buck, Richard X. Machina, Sam L., Troy McSee, and Drew Nasty, a collection of water droplets that form another cloud that Moonshine could have also dispelled, Ooh. but instead of hiding dragons, Dragontopia, it just had Jimmy Tagliata's porn collection that his mom doesn't know about. Which was actually also called Dragontopia, I believe. <laughs> I don't know what any of this is. Josh S., Nicholas C., Austin C., Kristen P., and Axel A., the audience at Hard One's first slam poetry show. They all sat politely through the whole thing and no one asked for their money back, so they are and always will be the real heroes of this story. Mike H., Matthew E., Angel Gamer, and Catherine S., the PR team at Budweiser that's been trying to snap a pick of Balnor Critton with a Bud Heavy in hand. Keep at it, folks. You'll get your pick. TJM, the Gnome Barbarian, Tress, the Traveler, Robert F., Paul and Megan, the Twins, and Hunter R., Nerman's five parents. That's right. Nerman was raised by a collective family, a radical and inspiring reimagining of the definition of family, but we actually never got into it because the boobs didn't ask this minor character their backstory. Zolo Dolo, Nick B, Burley T, Panama James, I am the Atlas, a troop of bards that travels under the name Clouded Judgment and encourages teenagers to be wary of entering strange cloud portals unattended. And of course, we got Colton B, J, C, C, Lulu, Aiden, R, H, and Robert P, Hector's classmates at the Chosen Academy who always knew Hector was destined for greatness. Unbelievable. Timmy R, Blitzbrig Dimitri, J, Dragonborn, Zach C, and Digital Burn 101, the greatest hand washers in all of Bohemia. They are green teens who have earned every cleanliness badge, including the coveted washing the back of your thumbs badge. Ooh, keep the back of your thumbs clean, my friends. Lucas B, Jordan L, Talith X, Mateo C, and Casimir, the all-knowing. Mavris's sorcerer friends who own a timeshare in Dragonopolis. Mavris is super pissed that he has to be at school and won't be around for beer pong nights on the Dragon Balcony. Kaylee Elise, Barnesinator, Christian A, Jens Christian T, and Luke H, a crew of Dragonborn guards who are totally going to get fired for missing an entire ship mm. floating around in an empty sky. Yeah. Come on, guys, look alive. That's bad. Devin W, Shenwa B, Jared E., Persephone, and Eric McD, a family of blue dragons who are growing increasingly concerned that their shithead teen dragon son 
hasn't gotten home for dinner yet. Hopefully he'll show up soon. Unlikely. Reese NS, Eric and Andrea B, Jay Parker, Jonathan O, and Austin MR, the other Aladrin in Melora's party who were left mm. out of the mural at the Ugh. Gold Shrine because there wasn't enough room. They plan to sue the glittering lady for pushing historic inaccuracies. Well, sounds like some winter Aladrin, am I right? <laughs> right? Okay, Stephen C, Maxwell C, Mike K, Omri M, and Callum L. Bohemian talent scouts who are super impressed by Hard One throwing moonshine like a vortex football and are looking into hiring Hard One as a spokesperson and moonshine as a vortex football. Scott D, Nothar the Prodigy Ranger, McGonji, Dan and the Red Rain, the Gith partygoers who got way too trashed and forgot about the Divine Heart on the mm. material plane. Come on, guys, grow up. Richard C, Karen T, Curtis S, Nathaniel P, and Nikki W, Hard One's dwarven crew of the SS Stormborn. Thankfully, these guys were below deck polishing cannonballs during the dragon fight. Also, thankfully, they didn't find Hard One's stash of painted porn near the cannon. Andrew B, Christopher B, Nicholas P, Kevin M, Raul N, Esme M, 12-year-old dragons, essentially just as powerful as a teenage dragon, but a little less insufferable. We love you, youngins. Never turn 13. Maribel the Kitty Morphing Gnome, Joe McGee, Meta Amps, Atticus C, Amy W, and Kelvin Noodles, the folks who threw the Astral Rager that gave all the gith a tiny little blur in their collective memory, but damn if they could only remember, because it was the best night of everyone's lives. Grace G, Eric G, Michelle O, Gage M, number one Beverlyn fan, Jen R, and Tingle the Bard, a bunch of folks trying to get engaged in Glade Home were pretty pissed because the diamond store was completely out of diamonds. Mm. Who would buy so many diamonds? Why yeah. would anybody do that? I don't know. Probably a righteous cause. Lance, Feldanis, gone off, I'm hopeless, Dave H, and Michael K M. Horse breeders who are kind of beginning to regret selling their prized mares to four wraiths. The wraiths said they weren't up to anything nefarious, but they shouldn't have taken any chances. Redneck Rough, Christian S, Jack L, Nick A, and Y Grek 32, chosen angels who fled from Hector's wrath. They could follow Theala, they could mm. obey Barrett Brisden, but when they saw the hate in Hector's heart, they decided they had to go AWOL. Congrats, heroes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yes, uh, y'all stay safe out there. We love you. Yes, We're thinking we, of the fam. We love you. Stay safe. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, you can check out the after show on our Patreon, patreon.com slash nadpod if you'd like to do that. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers and all of our listeners. Stay safe out there, y'all. Goodbye, sweeties. That was a HeadGum Podcast.